Thank you for listening. At the sound of the tone, the time will be there from Tea Party.
your question (laughs) (laughs) this week on bear friend tea party boy do we have an action-packed show for you um for segment one um nagging question can you really make a boat out of an old bathtub uh segment two canceled you know what i'll read it anyway because that's funny segment two flowers of disgust ethics panel DuckTales Allowance Day, 1989, wherein Scrooge's nephews trick him into thinking it's a day later than it really is, so he will give them their allowance money early before a certain bicycle sale ends, but the plot backfires after Scrooge's vast influence among the finance sector causes a ripple effect in which everyone in town becomes convinced it's a day later, including the bike store. That segment has been cancelled. Segment 3 um, how many bills can we name? And and segment four, a special Thanksgiving serious discussion. Is American democracy doomed? A discussion of Matthew Iglesias's American democracy is doomed. That was in uh, Vox magazine in uh, just this October. It was almost two and a half years ago. Uh, pretty uh, some some killer shit. Bear friend tea party. That's good, thanks. Well, before we get into that, um, why don't we do listener email corrections and addenda? Uh, Jeremy, I have seven corrections and three addenda. Well, let's hit the uh, <laughs> listener email first. Um, didn't get any email this week. <laughs> um, no, but you know what we did get, Jeremy? 
We did uh, we did get two thousand four hundred and sixty four people uh, that looked at our uh, Facebook link of our most recent episode. Really? Yeah. They looked at it. They looked at it. Uh, it looks like um, yes. It, it looks like five of them clicked on it. <laughs> So when you say they looked at it, that means it was on their screen. Uh, yeah, I, I gave Facebook $20 to promote that post. Mm. <laughs> that explains why we're all millionaires now. <laughs> so, uh, welcome new listeners. <laughs> um, glad to have you. Um, if you notice, there's occasional sound effects of a phone ringing and Bob Newhart answering it. Very from. Anyway. Um, we did get a comment on the blog for uh, the most recently released episode 000026, the 1955 where everybody has green dicks. Um, Classic episode. Listener $100 worth of free pudding <laughs> left a comment uh, saying, Nice building, bad roof, good parking. <laughs> that Jeffrey Jones? His email address is betchaeatdadup at unlikelyfreefoods.com Bear Friend Tea Party this week is sponsored by unlikelyfreefoods.com Site currently down. Well, let's move on to corrections and addendum. I got nothing. Right. Well, I have a correction. Um, in episode 0018, William Howard Taft, um, during the segment, What Famous Fat Person Am I? I claimed to be former British Prime Minister Sir Winston Churchill. And that was not true. Um, what happened there, I think that the... Uh, I think I got a little excited with the name of that topic, and uh, I really probably should have called that Guess What Famous Fat Person I Have Pre-Selected to Be in This Segment. And uh, I've been wondering that for months. Thanks for clearing that up. So stop emailing in asking for Winston Churchill, former British Prime Minister and hilarious drunk. Stop emailing us asking for honors. Yeah, seriously. Quit emailing and saying like, hey, lose some weight, Churchill. (laughs) And stop drinking. Stop emailing us entirely. Well, that didn't go well. Krista, do you have a uh, correction? Um, I did. In episode 00033, the Otis hypotenuse, uh, in the segment Slang Terms for Escalator, uh, John, you, uh, you claimed that Abattoir Junior was a slang term for escalator. (laughs) I used that term just the other day. Uh, That is incorrect. Every other term mentioned was accurate. Oh, gosh, that's embarrassing. I don't know how that... Yeah, I don't know how that got in there. One erroneous term got in there. I don't know. I was at Macy's just just the other day, and and I said, I said, hey, I'm looking for the Abattoir Junior... That's and the guy was like, what? And I was like, you know, the escalator. And he was like, yeah, it's over there. And he said, I haven't heard that slang term before. He was, he was like, I haven't heard that slang term in years. Uh, he was probably confused because the Abattoir <laughs> Junior is the hot new children's toy that everyone wants for Christmas this year. Anyway. This is going well. 
<laughs> it might be. I do have, uh, I have an addendum. Um, also, in episode 00033, the Otis Hypotenuse, um, in our segment reminiscing about various dogs we have known, um, I just wanted to add uh, listener Brent and Karen's dog Spalding, uh, Sarah's dogs Hanny and Emmy, my old Charlottesville neighbors, like three to six annoying barky dogs that were always like running around in her yard at all hours of the night. Like, I'm talking to you, Elaine. Walk your walk your damn dogs so they won't be so spazzing out all the time. And um, the dog from Full House. That was a real mistake. Oh, the dog from Frasier. Segment one. Nagging question. Can you really make a boat out of an old bathtub? So, this is my topic. Um, I'll be leading this topic. This is a brief one. Uh, and so, it, you know, we are often in popular media um, treated with the, an image of, uh, after some unlikely chain of events, uh, kind of an old codger or like Wiley Coyote or something is like floating around in a makeshift bathtub boat craft. And so my question to you is, can you really make a boat out of an old bathtub? Mm. And the answer is... <laughs> um, <laughs> Jeremy, I have a procedural question. Yes. <laughs> is the you in that question, is that referring to me? One. Could one. Could one. Could one. Okay, okay, I just wanted to clear that up. Could one really make a boat out of an old bathtub? Because it changes the answer. You know? And the answer is... <laughs> Um, yes, provided it's not going to work with, like, a, an old, really heavy, like, solid porcelain, like, clawfoot tub. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think that's going to be too heavy. It's not going to depl- displace enough water. I hardly think the claw feet are the issue. No, but the solid, the <laughs> well, they add weight. They add weight. No, 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 no. They, uh, what, claw feet versus, like, regular feet? What you would need are like anti-gravity feet. The claw feet were really just added to my statement as kind of a colorful <laughs> embellishment um, to help with the word picture. Yeah. Um, so right. the answer is yes. You could make a makeshift graft or kind of dingy thing out of an old bathtub if it was, for instance, an old kind of thin enamel-coated tin bathtub. Right. If it was like an old galvanized metal mm. tub-style right. bathtub. Right. Or a more modern fiberglass bathtub. Mm. I right. don't think it's going to work with a ornate solid porcelain tub <laughs> with or without claw feet because I think it's going to be too heavy. Now, you're going to have to plug the holes. That was my concern. That was my concern. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. You're, you're going to have to plug the holes or else you're going to be caught like bailing furiously the yeah. whole time. But yes, in a pinch, I think you could do it. It's not going to be a very seaworthy vessel. Not a no. ship, mm-hmm. no. certainly. No. But a raft, yes. But a, 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 a river, a river, a river vessel. River craft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And watercraft. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend this, like if you were entering a regatta or any type of competitive boating race. 
<laughs> That's all I got. But yeah, discuss, discuss. I think I think you're on the right track. A subsidiary question. <laughs> Number two subsidiary questions. Number I mean, one. Is, this question has been resolved. I would it, say. Okay. I would yeah, say we're something. still dealing with the fallout. Yeah, okay. Yeah, what are the, the implications? There's some implications. Yeah. So number one, let's say you had a boat uh, bathtub with an attached shower curtain. Could you use the shower curtain as a sail? You know, I think in a pinch, you maybe could, but I don't know exactly how you'd rig that up. The shower curtain is attached. We're talking about a standalone bathtub with like a, a pole attached to it that goes up mm. and then a circular ring at the top. Jeremy, it's yeah. your topic. Are we talking um, about that? I mean, I'm... <laughs> I would just emphasize again that well, you might technically be able to use that as a sail, I don't think that you would... I don't think you should do that expecting the performance you might get from a sailboat that was constructed originally for that purpose. Mm. You know, I certainly wouldn't recommend trying to cross the ocean okay. in such a vessel. And that brings us to my question two. <laughs> if the shower curtain is likely to be ineffective, yeah. would you recommend that listeners store a pair of oars in or near their bathtubs so they'll be ready in the mm. event that um, they find themselves at sea? I mean... You're gonna want oars anyway. Regardless of whether you had a functional sail, you're gonna need to row sometimes. I thought well, by anyway you meant whether or not your bathtub becomes a boat. <laughs> Regardless, you're gonna want oars on your bathtub. So, 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 well, I'm just wondering, like, um, maybe this is a silly question, but... <laughs> I got that. If, in this scenario, um, it, do I live in a houseboat? Like, is that why I, it's likely to become an issue at all? It's it's not you know? strictly relevant. Right. I guess that's not within the purview. There could have been a flood. Of the question. If you lived it in a, a house boat, I think that your house boat, in a house boat, probably don't generally have a bathtub. You probably have kind of a stall-style mm. shower. That's why houseboats are so dangerous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why you've got to be wearing a life preserver at all times. You already know that I'm a, a, uh, eccentric because I own a houseboat. Maybe I'm just like a clawfoot bathtub enthusiast. That would be a pretty sweet bathtub setup in your houseboat. The question that I'm wondering, though, is... <laughs> Good, that wasn't your question. You were not wondering the previous question. No, no, not at all. Uh, now you, you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned in the uh, at the outset of this topic um, you said that this was a common trope <laughs> an, an, an occasional fiction. an occasional trope I feel like where have you seen this I feel like I have seen this depicted at some time yeah cartoons see I thought the same thing I was like oh yeah that's totally common but I can't think of a single example if I may an interesting addenda to this issue if you google the phrase bathtub as boat yeah you'll get multiple images of actual people <laughs> using bathtubs as boats uh, one of them with a motor yeah, attached that. I know the picture you're talking about the search you just did 
the image search for bathtub boat is the research I did for this topic. <laughs> and I just glanced at it. It seemed like it did, there were some people that had done it, but it didn't seem like they were winning regatta. Sure. I, I, and, and the other thing is, you know, if you modify your bathtub, you know, is it, is it, is it really still a bathtub? You know, at some point, like the proverbial bathtub of Theseus, you know, it stops being the thing it was before, you know. It's a well-known proverb. I mean, you're obviously not looking at these pictures of bathtub boats. Your loss. They are pretty clearly still bathtubs. <laughs> no, but, but, but they're not in service as bathtubs anymore, you know. Well, you don't know that. You might get to your destination and then take a no, bath. I think you know? you're right. I mean, but the essence of what I'm saying is that if you, if you, if you attach a motor to a bathtub, you're kind of, in a way, you know, already breaking the rules. There's two situations in which you would want to make a bathtub boat. One of those situations All is right. if you really need a boat and you need to, like, MacGyver that shit and all you have available to you is an old bathtub. The other situation in which you might want to do this would just be if you were like... All right, screw this. Moving on. Friend oh, Bear friend tea party. Segment two: Flowers of Disgust Ethics Panel. Ducktales Allowance Day, 1989, wherein Scrooge's nephews trick him into thinking it's a day later than it really is, so he will give them their allowance money early before a certain bicycle sale. But the plot backfires after Scrooge's vast influence among the finance sector causes a ripple effect in which everyone in town becomes convinced it's a day later, including the bike store. Um, that segment has been canceled. <laughs> Segment three, how many bills can we name? <laughs> I can't remember. Do we just start going or do we have some preamble? We, we have some preamble that we edit out. <laughs> All right, well, do, do Williams count? They can be named William, but they need to at least some of the time be called Bill. So William McKinley would, would not work. Oh, Bill McKinley? <laughs> if you... I'd say if you preface it with old, maybe. Old if Bill Shakespeare? I'm going to time it. Okay. Yeah, go for it. And I'll be leading this segment. Three, two, one, go. Bill, Bill Withers. Bill Sykes. Waterson. One dollar bill. Clinton. Uh, uh, five dollar bill. Bill Bradley. Five dollar bill. Bill Bailey. Six dollar um, bill. Those that they were uh, looking for names. Uh, Chris. Bill, bill Hicks. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Bill from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Bill S. Preston Esquire. Bob the Builder. Bill Gates. Bill Nye the Science Guy. Bill Nye the Actor. Bill Hammock the Engineer Guy. Billy the Kid. Billy Backhead. Wild Bill Hickok. Old Bill McKinley. Bill Shakespeare. Billy Bob Thornton. 18 Bills. Sir Bill of Orange. Not a true Bill. Bill from Saturday Night Live. Not Bill Murray. Bill Murray. 19 Bills. Bill Murray. Okay, Bill. No. Bill of Rights. Blinky Bill, which is the name of a koala. 20 Bills. Australian. No explanation necessary there. Blinky, okay, Blinky Bill. Repeat Bill. Let's stay on Blinky Bill anymore. Repeat Bill. Okay, uh, Billions. 
a billion. Yeah, a billion. Not a true bill. Your phone bill. Not a true bill. Not a true bill. Did we say Bill Holly? 21 bills. Bill Haley. Bill Haley in the comments. Bill Holly. The band. 23 bills. No, that ought to count. Bill. Maybe it is. Alright. Bill is stiller. Not even close to a bill. Okay, come on. Bill the, that Not anthropomorphic cartoon bill from Schoolhouse Rocks. Not a true bill. Uh, bill of K Dick. Not even close to a bill. <laughs> You're not even trying, Chris. I'm bill trying. Bronson. Obviously oh my god, we've got ten seconds left. This is our worst one. Oh. Okay, one more, bill, one more each. Billy Bill Thompson. Bill, Obviously fake bill. Bill Gates. Bill I already said that. Bill Gates. God, Bill Jobs. Not even close to a bill. <laughs> bill, bill Bill Oates. Not bill Oh, Bill, uh... <laughs> fuck. That was, that I don't was even, really even want to know how bad we that did. Was... Total number of bills named. 23. You named two, John? Chris was just making jokes the whole time and he got more than two. Special Thanksgiving serious discussion. Is American democracy doomed? Discussion of Matthew Iglesias's American Democracy is Doomed. Uh, from Vox Magazine, October 8th, 2015. And we will put the link in the show notes. So this is um this is my segment. I think you guys did not read the article, correct? I started it. It did I, seem really good. I, I have read some Matthew Iglesias before. Well, if you've read something he's written, I'm yeah, sure I, it's I fine. probably get the just. Yeah, it's probably fine. I will say I I did want to read it. Unless I'm thinking of Will Salatan. It seemed really good. Um and I think I probably agree with it, but if you don't mind like running down some of his key points we both, John and I, live in America, and 
So you, you'll have a lot of background information. Yeah, that, yeah. That I might not. Well, we are... <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, well, look, it's... I mean, the, the background here is it's Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and it's a time to be thankful for the country we live in. I think this article was actually, it's its dated October 8th, 2015 here. I think it was actually published much earlier and maybe this is a revised version. Mm, like a repost? Yeah. I think uh, it, it's a provocative title, but he makes a, a fairly strong argument. I don't know if he gets all the way there, but if, if I'm painting this in very broad strokes, it would be uh, the United States is a presidential democracy, right? And presidential democracies have, in general, been very unstable. Williams mm. Jennings Bryant, old William, old Bill Jennings Bryant. <laughs> oh, Bill Bryson! Bill Bryson! God, damn, that would have been a, okay. Go on. God damn it. So, well, I th- so presidential democracies have mm. historically been very unstable. Yeah, because you have. Conflict sooner or later develops between the legislative and, and executive branch, and there often is no way to resolve it. And this is just this is he's saying this is this is just a a product of like the way our government is like kind of by design divided. Yeah. So your yeah. president is one branch of government can be like controlled by one party and an, another branch is controlled by another party as opposed to in a parliamentary system where you get one party in power and they they're running the show exactly mm. basically you, you yeah. if you've got the if you've got the lower house in a typical parliamentary system then you get to choose the prime minister and you basically run the executive so i mean Iglesias's main argument is is the United States has been unusual in that it's been a very stable presidential democracy. And he says that's largely been a feature of us, for most of our history, not having very strong, ideologically sorted parties. Until now. Until, there you go. Until now. Oh, because they've been like, man, kinda, maybe I have read this. Yeah, like both parties used to have more kind of a broad base yeah yeah they were they were they were more patronage systems than ideological groups like they were and so even in in times when there was a lot of partisan uh, uh, partisan divisions like in the Gilded Age the the big question was who's gonna get to choose like the postmaster general it wasn't so much over questions of policy they are free and they are party. They are free and they are party. Well, that didn't go very well. Okay, so so his first point is um, presidential system. The presidential systems have historically been more unstable right. because of conflict the between the executive and the legislative. And often, like, there's no way of resolving that when yeah. you hit a gridlock point. And so what ends up happening is one side so sort of good. takes just takes power um, extra judicially, whether that's through a coup or just sort of encroaching, you know, pushing the, the limit of what yeah. what's accepted. Um, and that hasn't happened in the states historically because we haven't had ideologically sorted parties, but as John pointed out, now we do. Yeah. 
like in the just yeah. just the last twenty or thirty years, that's that's happened. Well, I was just gonna say it hasn't happened here, but but you can make the argument, and I think Lawrence Lessig and people like that maybe do make the argument that uh, like the U.S. is actually responsible for it, like indirectly for a lot of the problems around the world because like they try to copy our system, but they like either because they don't do it right or because they they do do it right, like you know, it inevitably like fails because it's a sucky system. So, okay, so that's point one. And I think he also made the point that, like, in his, in his estimation, perhaps, like, Bush and Obama, in their kind of use of executive authority, had kind of been... They've been pushing the mouth. I mean, the, yeah, we have seen, like, an executive bra- well, branch... Well, but it goes is, way back, you know, before, yeah, for them. It's like, every president grabs more and more power. Yeah, yeah. And, like, no president, like, gives up power. Yeah, exactly. What Except about Grover Cleveland? Well, yeah. Grover Cleveland is sort of the exception. What, of, what, rule, of, what don't you think? <laughs> what about... What I about, don't know if that is correct. <laughs> Wait. The first Grover Cleveland or the second Grover Cleveland? It, it, it was the same guy. We're, we're going to blow your mind here, Jeremy. It was, it was oh, the wait. same guy. Wait, <laughs> it was? Yeah, it was... I mean, it, it's also the same Grover from Sesame Street. That's all the same guy. That is great. Oh, okay, yeah, what's we, his second point? Um, I mean, in a way, that was it. Or you already see where this is going. Yeah. We've recently had a lot more gridlock between Congress and President. Recorded whether, in 2015. And whether that's George W. Bush and the Democrats in Congress, or Barack yeah. Obama and Recorded the Republicans in, in Congress. And this has led to a series of crises. Yeah. Right? Like government shutdowns, debt ceiling. Maybe this article isn't as timely as it was when it first came out because we haven't had a lot of those crises recently. Recorded um, in 2015. I'm because the Republicans have realized they actually have a pretty good chance of winning in 2016 if they don't do anything weird. Recorded in 2015. That was a real mistake. Nice work. Well, I think I think the, the, the point is you're having this e- these escalating crises, and whether they're on hiatus for a few years or you know whatever happens, you're likely to have them again. And you get to a point where the incentives are such that it's often really good for the party that's empowering Congress to push those crises further. And the natural response on the part of the president is to encroach and take more and more power, and that ultimately this is just going to completely change the shape of American democracy, whether that ends up with something that looks more like an elected dictator or what. The current system is just unsustainable, and it's on the way out. I mean, I support armed insurrection, (laughs) personally. I mean, I'm... This is something my my wife and I always are disagreeing about this. I'm a Trotskyite. <laughs> really like, I'm all about permanent revolution. In partly partly just because I think it sounds cool, and partly because I think that's necessary. Like, you know, you have to just periodically go in and like kill a bunch of scumbags that are fucking shit up for everybody. I, has that ever actually worked? What do you mean? Has having a society with permanent revolution institutionalized, has that ever had a good result? I mean, I don't think it's been tried. Permanent revolution? 
Cultural Revolution in China was disastrous. But it wasn't permanent. Yeah, yeah, it finally stopped, and so people stopped starving to death. It wasn't permanent. You can't, you can't include in your definition of your, the system that you want that it goes on forever. Like, when most people talk about the problems with the Cultural Revolution, they don't say, if only it had continued for longer. <laughs> you have to admit that the term permanent revolution, it's pretty rad. I'm not saying it doesn't sound like, cool. Are you not in favor of permanent <laughs> revolution? Well, no. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying... Permanent revolution! Okay. Am I in favor of the term permanent revolution as, like, the name of a trendy clothing boutique? Yes, I am. Or a, co a coffee shop? <laughs> coffee shop? It'd be a good name for a okay, coffee shop. Okay, what's a... Maybe, what's even, a, maybe even an ultra-hip ice creamery? What's a variation... On permanent revolution that would make a good name for a coffee shop. Um, permanent grind? No, that sounds like the opposite. <laughs> permanent grind. <laughs> what I did think of that as well. <laughs> what about um, uh, what about the permanent revolution? Oh, nice. That's terrible. Yeah, Cut but it that might out. be the best we do. And it, Wait, so what is, starting, what is your wife's side uh, of this argument? She, basically, she agrees with you. She thinks that um, it's not feasible to have a society if you live in a permanent state of revolution. <laughs> well, but I mean, you're just seeing the start of the revolution there. Yeah, and like, if, if you it made it permanent, <laughs> you might be able to ramp down the number of people that you were killing. You know, it's like, like, let me put it this way. Like, if you haven't gotten your hair cut in like a year, I am due for a haircut. Okay, they're gonna yeah, go in, was, they're gonna take gonna off anything. a lot of hair. But now if you start going in every week, they're just gonna do a little trim. And you're not gonna have that like- That's an excellent analogy, Jeremy. If you think of like the extra length of hair as the like scumbags <laughs> that need to be like guillotined. Is that why you get haircuts so often? Oh, Sarah cuts my hair. So she just cuts it when she's into it. Yeah, and see that's how it would be during a state of permanent revolution. So you just want a revolution because when good you're luck, into it. Good luck trying to make an appointment with your stylist in the midst of a revolution. Exactly, that's what I was gonna say. Can I, can we circle back around? You referred to yourself as a Trotskyite. I should clarify, I don't know anything about Trotsky. I know two things about Trotsky. Number one, that he was killed by a fake gardener with an ice pick. Uh -huh. And number two, that he was in favor of permanent revolution, which I like the sound of. I mean, I generally like, maybe I'm more of just a permanent throw the bums out. And a guy, some more a softer form of Trotskyism. You know, sometimes you go to vote and there's like one or two th people you've heard of, and then there's a bunch of judges and shit. Like, should this real. judge be retained as judge? You know that kind of shit. I always vote to kick him out. Cause I'm like, fuck you. You've already been a judge, asshole. So that's really the only practical form that my Trotskyism takes, I guess. Voting against judges. Yeah. Fuck them. But yeah, I would settle for temporary revolution. So, uh, what, what else, uh, what else did you say in this article? 
I mean, I, I really wish I'd read the article. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good article. There's a whole yeah. series because he wrote it and then some other people at Vox responded. You know, and one was like, well, it's not that we're doomed. We'll probably muddle through with a. We'll muddle through With a just barely acceptable governance. I want to stand up for this article a little bit because one, I, thing, I liked one thing I liked about it was that it didn't come off as just like the easy line of saying, everything sucks, yeah. everything's going to hell. Everything sucks, yeah. everything's going to hell. He has a, a very specific and detailed argument and he comes up with some fairly pessimistic conclusions, but it's not just an easy like, everything's fucked, everything's stupid, everything's fucked, everything's stupid. <laughs> Like it's actually very specific and step by step. When people just say everything's stupid, everything's stupid, everything's stupid, everything's stupid, too simple to even be wrong. This one is specific, reasoned enough that like it's wrong or it's right, but he's actually taking a, a specific stand. So I don't think yeah. it's just a yeah, he's, he's not making a sweeping. I think everyone here thinks this is a really good article and agrees with it, basically. I know I do. You haven't read it! I read the beginning of it, and I'm gonna read the rest. The part I read seemed really, like, right on. Um, I mean, it will be interesting to see. You do occasionally have people with, like, really shitty governments that just kind of limp along sucking for a while, and then Which sometimes they possible. get slightly better. Yeah. I mean, Mexico, I guess, is one example. They had that one, like, the revolution. PRI was PRI in power for, for like, a hundred years, almost, or yeah. something. And then, like... Well, Mexico's, you know, kind of always been fucked, right? I think so. I mean, it's okay now. I think the, uh... Parts that are not like run by violent drug cartels are pretty nice. Everything there's great now, yeah. yeah. They have pretty good Mexican food. So when do you think that our government will collapse? We can go around uh, like McLaughlin Group style. Uh, and the answer is. <laughs> I, I don't listeners love McLaughlin Group references. <laughs> yeah. Does that show hasn't even been on for like 10 years? No, I think or, it's still or is it still on? It's topical. Um, is it just in reruns? Just classic McLaughlin Group. <laughs> he died several years ago. I don't think the I don't think the government is likely to collapse. Yeah. But I can see it uh, over the course of 10 or 20 years becoming more of a system where it's just the president basically makes all the decisions and that makes the presidential elections much more like winner take all. And so you can see things deteriorating quite a bit. Like the more untrammeled presidential power is, it becomes easier for presidents to abuse their power during elections. Mm. Mm. During crises. Yeah. I don't feel totally secure about any of this. And I don't I don't know that Iglesias is, is denying the whole things are better now on earth than they've ever been line, which I think is true. But that doesn't mean that in this particular country Oh no, this particular country is fucked. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was thinking of, you know, like, world, you know, civilization. It's a good combination of noises.
today on Bear Friend Tea Party. We talked about uh, whether or not you could make a boat out of an old bathtub. We decided that you probably could, but it wouldn't have necessarily been a great boat. We did not discuss um, the DuckTales episode Allowance Day from 1989, wherein Scrooge's nephews trick him into thinking it's a day later than it really is, so he will give them their allowance money early before a certain bicycle sale ends, but the ploy backfires after Scrooge's vast influence among the finance sector causes a ripple effect in which everyone in town becomes convinced it's a day later, including the bike store. We're going to have to cover that on a later episode. Um, we also uh, had a little fun and decided to see how many bills we could name in uh, two minutes, and it uh, turns out not very many. Not very many at all. Then we had a real uh, serious discussion about... Uh, question of whether American democracy is doomed. Um, in that case, we were discussing the article, American Democracy is Doomed, by Matthew Iglesias. Um, and we decided that it is. Then, I started simultaneously playing a video called Animal House and a uh, compilation of funny commercials from 1976 to 1978. As the automaton becomes incapable of love, and if not the sun, my robotic fiance. Now I know that you're the one. Sugarless gum. Shineth not the sun. Thirty-two percent because gum. Pawns a thousand thorned wedding ring. For your heart has been replaced with one thousand steel springs. Actual interview. Steel springs, yeah. God. Steel, 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 Look at how white this laundry is. Steel, steel, spring. That's the power of Clorox bleach. Strings that are made of steel. So clean. Clorox clean. People can just see like the difference. I walked into the restaurant. For a plate of onion rings. With a side of salted eggs. No, salt and eggs. But they just gave me an omelet. I think you should cut this off. 
You know what that omelet was filled with? That omelet was filled with. Filled with. Filled with. Shit, there's a like, uh, fucking dinosaur. That looks like a balanced breakfast to me, alright. Look at that, there's an elephant that's rather peanut butter on it. Peanut butter elephant. I don't know if it is. Has anyone ever even had, like, peanut butter Captain Crunch? Whoa! Crunch berries. Beer Friend Tea Party tonight was brought to you by the long-running TV show Animal Cops, airing 24 hours a day on every channel. Unfairly, like Animal Cops, a permanent revolution of objectivity. Animal Cops, the only show that has ever been on TV. Animal cops. Animal cops. Animal now cops. Now and forever. Blind Let's keep doing serious like Animal cops. They're cops. Into like animal cops. So like it's a series of animals. <laughs> <laughs> animal cops. You're busted, giraffe. <laughs> What's your head there? Animal cops. You will stop coming eventually. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let's no, just that's cut okay. this. Bye-bye. I mean... The McLaughlin Group. For a transcript, send $5 to Federal News Service. Six Washington, D.C. 20045. Specify program date. To obtain a free McLaughlin Group viewer's guide, write viewer's guide. Box 7. Uh, uh.